Hey there, safety enthusiasts. This is Tim Ludwig from safetydoc.com. It's good to have you here. Welcome to Insights into Your Safety Culture podcast, which is simulcast as a blog on safetydoc.com. Join us on safety-doc.com for 30 years of research, stories, videos, books, and blogs, all to get your safety culture fix. Now let's get to it. Hey, thanks for the feedback. We had just witnessed a large toolbox talk at a mining construction site in Africa, where a contractor was reviewing the hazards that may be present in the electrical tasks that were listed for the day. You know, it wasn't a bad session. The safety officers were loud and lively, and there was some humor. Even the safety manager from the general contractor stepped in to say a couple words. But I wondered how this morning session would translate out into the field, you know, where the work is done. Would the workers be able to discriminate the safe behaviors they needed to do to avoid hazards during the task, in the moment? To find out, Sam and I walked the site, observing work, talking to workers, out where the risks are taken, and where the wisdom resides. I was teaching Sam how to be a behavioral coach. <laughs> what I didn't anticipate was that it would be Sam who would be my teacher. We came upon a group of about eight electrical contractors struggling to secure cabling at a turn in the conveyor being built. The two-inch cable bundles were cold that morning, making the rubber really hard to bend. They were struggling with it. Sam pointed out to me that there were three of them, of the workers, up on the conveyor itself, about four feet off the ground, all struggling to bend that bundle of cabling. Another had climbed up on top of the whole configuration, above the cable, to try to pull it up. Only one of these workers, of all of them, had any fall protection on, and, and it was just hanging to the ground. No ladder to be found. Instead of jumping in right away, Sam had us patiently observe for a couple moments, and an interesting thing happened. The workers noticed our presence and the fact that we were sporting the logo of the general contractor on our really, really clean vest and hard hat. And the workers spoke to each other quietly in their native tongue, then calmly climbed down, put on the harnesses before, before proceeding back onto the conveyor to do their work. It became apparent that they had no real experience with fall protection. I mean, they knew to clip in, but three of them did it on the conveyor at their feet. But Sam and I stayed quiet as they continued to chat amongst themselves, pointing out various points on the conveyor assembly and the harnesses, and eventually they all clipped into the conveyor assembly at about eye height. But then they quickly discovered that the straps that they just clipped in were in the way of the cable bundles that they were trying to pull up. Well, so eventually they clipped in at the top of the assembly and proceeded to successfully and safely wrestle the cables into place and tie them in. It was then that Sam politely called the crew down to the ground, put them in a circle. He knew that he, he was sporting the logo of the general contractors, he, and he knew that that could easily elicit anxiety in the work crew who would be rightly worried about being scolded or written up for their violations. So instead of diving into the problems he saw, Sam did something miraculous. He asked questions. 
He began by introducing himself and me and, and their native language, and he had a smile. And he asked his questions in English, translating quickly into their language. He asked them what task they were trying to complete. They told him they were cabling electrical conduit onto the conveyor. He then asked what hazards did they face while doing the task. Well, they mentioned working at height, straining with the cable, sharp edges. Then he asked what they were doing to stay safe. He pointed out a couple things and eventually coyly pointed out that they were using their fall protection harnesses. Now, of course, we had seen that they had initially not used the harnesses and then struggled to find the right method and when they tried to use them. But Sam didn't mention this. Instead, he said, yeah, I saw that you figured out how to use the harnesses to protect yourself from falling. Good job. Then it was the workers who voluntarily described the struggles, finding the appropriate place to clip in and the like. And Sam said he noticed this, and we all had a bit of a chuckle. Sam then asked if he could tell them what he noticed. After getting their permission, he proceeded to point out that they were jumping off the conveyor to get the tools they had scattered throughout the ground. And Sam said he was concerned that the height of the jump and the uneven ground might cause them to hurt a knee or an ankle. He also mentioned that a couple of the crew had climbed up to the higher point of the conveyor assembly and were reaching down. He then asked, what would be a better alternative? You know, a solution for the risk. They were quick to point out that a ladder could be used. Sam told them, thank you for their solutions. Gave them a thumbs up and then gave them some fist bumps. Then a couple went out, grabbed some ladders, and then a spirited crew re-engaged in their task much more safely this time. It occurred to me that the method Sam used to give behavioral feedback would indeed help this crew of workers discriminate the safe behaviors they needed to do to avoid hazards during the task in the moment. Now, why is this? Well, because when Sam gave them the feedback, we were in the moment and he asked the right questions that allowed them to make the discrimination. Sam had turned the work setting, the safety tools, the workers themselves into what behavior scientists called discriminative stimuli. Discriminative stimuli are a very powerful form of antecedent that allow the workers to be able to discriminate what they need to do in the moment to stay safe. So in the future, as workers do a similar tasks, the antecedents of the conveyor height, the fellow workers, and the task will help them discriminate the behaviors they need to do to engage in the job safely. Something that a toolbox talk, safety training, and other forms of safety management systems are often ill-equipped to do. This is Tim breaking into this podcast to tell you about my book, dysfunctional practices that kill your safety culture. A manager finds himself on top of a stepladder. A woman removes the guard to her machine. A worker is not wearing her safety glasses in the plant. A rustabout uses the wrong size clamp instead of retrieving the right tool. A supervisor teaches a new worker to take a shortcut. A mechanic climbs on top of an active machine to find the oil leak.
Why, why do these folks do these things? Is it because they're stupid? We'll find out. Read or listen to the first chapter of Dysfunctional Practices on safetydoc.com. Dysfunctional Practices, available now on Amazon and Lulu.com. And now, back to our podcast. As Sam and I were debriefing after this interaction, I praised Sam for executing an exemplar of behavioral coaching. Quite simply, it was probably the best I've ever seen. Afterward, to make a contrast, I asked Sam if he noticed, you know, when we first got to the electrician's work site, that the general contractors, project manager and construction manager, walked right by this group of workers and failed to notice, much less engage the workers, any kind of safety conversation. Certainly they could have seen that they didn't have their fall protection on and didn't have the proper tools to do the work safely. So Sam and I decided right then and there that we had a mission to teach all the managers and supervision at that site and throughout the general contractor's domain behavioral coaching. You know, because Sam can't be everywhere. We went to work, and about six months later, we cajoled a group of project managers out of their offices to a different construction site. I'm sure that they would admit that they were a bit perplexed and perhaps perturbed that we dragged them out to site. At least their body language was suggestive of this as we had our morning session in the modular meeting space. We took them out to the workers in a couple groups. Sam had one group. Elisha had another group. Vincent had another group. I went out with Juan, one of Sam's behavioral coaching colleagues. In my group, we watched Juan conduct a feedback session in much the same way as Sam did. Then, to their surprise, we asked the project managers to engage in their own behavioral feedback with other crews of workers. Here's how it went down. A. Watch for five seconds. B. Jump in. Tell the workers what they're doing wrong. C. Tell the workers the right way of doing the task. D. Awkward silence. After their initial attempt, I then asked the project managers if they think these workers would be able to discriminate the right behaviors the next time they do the task. You know, when we're not around to tell them to do it the proper way. I think at this point they all knew the answer was no. One project manager even noted that they had been managing safety at their sites by relying on safety officers and even the frontline supervision to go around and dictate direction, catch workers doing wrong, and tell them how to do it right. What they weren't doing was adequately teaching workers how to discriminate the right safety behaviors to do when they come in contact with these hazards. They're not teaching them discrimination the way that Sam and Juan were in their feedback sessions, on the spot, in the moment. So for the next hour or two, we coached the coaches, the project managers, having them practice the thanks conversation, T-H-A-N-K-S. This conversation is central to impactful behavioral coaching. I've designed this feedback process over the decades to do a couple things. A. 
Put workers at ease so they're willing to openly discuss the barriers to their safety. B. Engage the worker to talk through a problem so solutions will continue into the future when they're back on task. C. Have the workers identify the hazards that tell them, you know, now's a good time to engage in the safe behaviors. This way, these hazards help them discriminate the safe behaviors when the supervisor's not around. D. Let's deliver actively caring through showing concern. E. The process reinforces workers up front for the safe behaviors they're already doing and at the end for ideas they come up with in the conversation. And finally, F. Create a learning environment in less than five minutes. So here it is. T. Ask them about the task they're doing. H. Ask them about the hazards associated with the task. A. Ask what actions they're doing to keep themselves safe. N. Tell them you noticed their safe actions, but also some risk. K. Ask about how risks concern you. And S. Solve the problem. Yeah, I know, a C is not a K, but work with me here so I can make the acronym THANKS. T, task, H, hazard, A, actions, you're doing to stay safe. N, I noticed your safe actions. Can I tell you about some risk? K, I'm concerned that these risks may hurt you. S, let's solve a problem together. So, fair listeners, I dare you to go do some homework. Go out and try the thanks conversation. You can find it on my website under the blog, Thanks for the Feedback. It's not hard, but it is. You'll have to inhibit your instincts just to jump in and solve the problem. You'll have to inhibit your biases to tell them what they're doing wrong. In contrast, you'll have to exhibit your underlying concern for them as humans who have lives and families. So start today. Struggle with it like the project managers do. Then practice once a day until you nail it. And then something miraculous will happen. You'll find it reinforcing. You'll enjoy the conversations and so will your people. And most importantly, you'll see results in their behaviors. Plus, it's free and easy. Give it a try. Send me a contact or an email telling you how it went. I've heard from dozens of other people who say the thanks conversation is the single most impactful thing they've added to their behavioral safety program in years. This podcast is a production of safetydoc.com and is copyrighted by Timothy Ludwig, Ph.D., all rights reserved. For those small doses of inspiration, visit safetydoc.com. If you would like Dr. Ludwig to speak at your corporate or society safety function, simply use the contact link on safetydoc.com. Thanks for listening.